it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's time once again for that beautiful day of the week. It must be Monday because it is time for that raw review. Should raw review for August 30th, 2021. Can't believe September is in two days. Where is this year gone? I feel like. Only yesterday we got the crowd back, but it also feels like it's been months now. Either way, it's good to have wrestling back. Things slowly trying to get back to normal. Hopefully by the end of this year, things will continue to improve. But not only talking about stuff in the world, we're also hoping for Raw as well. <laughs> Tonight's episode was interesting. <laughs> it was uh, a clear case of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but we'll get into that once we start diving into the show. Um, it was weird. Like, Raw started off really good. Then it got really weird, ugly. And it finished, it finished off good. It's a little bit of bad sprinkled in as well, but overall, uh, overall, I liked the show. I'd probably give it a B minus tonight. Definitely one of the better ones. Um, there was definitely one match tonight that was probably Raw's best match in months, and I'm not kidding when I say that. It was, it was real good. But we'll get to that match shortly, but. We kick off the show with our United States Open Challenge. Damian Priest coming out, stating, you know, before the, the show that, you know, he'll take on anybody. Open, open Challenge. Everything's good. So he goes out, starts talking about how he wants to make this title mean something. You know, it's name dropping some people who used to do. Open, open, um, open challenges like John Cena. Um, so he says, "All right, who's who's going to take the challenge?" And of course, in the back of my head, thinking of some certain people who are, you know, may or may not be free agent as of you know this past weekend. 
but we get a familiar face in Sheamus who comes out. So I'm like, all right, I kind of had a feeling this might happen. Still should be a good match. I'll be fine. But then, moments after that, Drew McIntyre himself comes out. And I'm like, okay, all right. You have my attention. What's going on here? And then we get the almighty WWE champion himself, Bobby Lashley, comes out with MVP and states that he wants another title belt. So I'm like, okay. It's kind of like that Vince McMahon gift that, that goes around. Um, and I know it's it's not the same caliber because I don't have a Stacey Keebler dancing on my table, but how he's getting all excited about you know the, the, the changing of how this whole situation is going. But it gets better because then RK Bro themselves comes out talking about how they might want to get involved in this United States Open Challenge. And I'm just like ready to tip over my chair. Like, what's going on here? So we get the authority figures. Adam Pierce, Sonny DeVille come out. Say, hold on, hold on. We're gonna we're gonna make this a little more simpler. Have ourselves two co main events for the night tonight. The first one being a triple threat match for the United States title, as Damian Priest will defend against Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. And then the main event of the evening will be for the Raw Tag Team Championships as RK Bro takes on the almighty WWE champion Bobby Lashley and MVP. And I'm like, okay, I like this. This is a good seg- good opening segment. And we don't, we don't, you know, no waste of time tonight, too. After all that was said and done, Rhea Ripley, right out the, right out the back, comes in with our first in-ring action as she takes on Shayna Baszler. Now, I love me some Shayna Baszler. Ever since she showed up, she just had that aura of ass kicking around her and the way she walked through NXT was just nothing short of complete dominance and it was great to see and she had flashes of glim- you know glimpse of, of brilliance on the main roster but everyone more often than not she's been eating pins left and right lately now I don't know what's going on if it just, I don't know. It just, it's weird. Um, she takes the loss in this one as well. We'll be getting the victory uh, via the most powerful move in professional wrestling, the roll-up. <laughs> um, but Naya, before this match, she came, came obviously comes out with Shayna, says that she's going to destroy both... Rhea Ripley, and her partner, Nikki A.S.H., which I'm glad to see that her and Rhea continue to be a team going forward. 
Um, it's like Perfect Strangers, and I absolutely adore it. Um, that Nia had said she will take them out, and then later tonight when she has her match against Charlotte, she'll do the exact same thing. Well, during the matchup, she takes out Nikki A.S.H. on the outside, and then after Rhea gets the pin on Shayna, Nia hits the ring and just absolutely dominates Rhea. So I'm like, all right. Nia's checked off two boxes. See if she can get to the third. More on that later. After that, the raid was back on. Viking Raiders taking on Jinder Mahal and Veer. And I'd like to say, I like what Veer has been doing a lot. I, I tweeted this out during the show stating that if he keeps this up, Veer could have himself a very successful career. Whether it's just in, in WWE, whether he goes somewhere else, I like what he's putting forward so far, and I want to see him more. I need more info on, on Shinky. He hasn't wrestled as much. I don't know if he's just greener or they just choose not to put him in matches, but Via right now definitely looks the much better of the two. Um, once I get more info seeing Shinky in the ring, um, I'll be able to actually form an opinion on him. But as of right now, he's just kind of there. So, and Jinder's Jinder. Can't knock Jinder. I've always, I've always been a fan of Jinder Mahal's. I don't hinder the Jinder because it's that's just foolish. You just don't do that. <laughs> so, the Viking Raiders, though, they do pick up the big victory in this match tonight, continuing their momentum as they continue to uh, crawl their way back towards the. Raw Tag Team Champion uh, Championship picture. So, after that, we had that triple threat match. I'm a little surprised that they put it on so early in the night, but they gave it time. This match, I believe, got 30 minutes. It was a triple threat match for the United States Championship as Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, challenged... Damian Priest for the title. And I mentioned earlier that Raw had one match tonight that was the best match that I've seen in months. This one was it. This match was fantastic. We had spots from all three. My favorite tonight during this match was when Damian Priest was perched up on the top rope. Sheamus was about to suplex him. All while Drew McIntyre is laying in the tree of woe position um, with his legs tied up around the post and him just kind of laying back. Now, there are certain moves that wrestlers will do during their matches that they pretty much do every single match and you know it's coming. Drew, when he's ever, whenever he's in that tree of woe position, will eventually miraculously get some core strength, he'll he'll do a, a sit-up and then suplex whoever's on the top rope. Well, he does it again tonight, but it had a little extra spice to it. So Sheamus has Damien Priest ready to be superplexed off the top. Drew comes up, grabs Sheamus by the waist, throws Sheamus while he throws Damien Priest. It looked real cool. 
crowd popped for it. I, I it was, yeah, easily the highlight of the match itself. And I also like the fact that this match made the U.S. title seem big again, like it meant something. Because I've always felt, well, always, but lately I've, I've felt that the U.S. title and the Intercontinental Championship have not been up to snuff like they're supposed to be. The whole point of those mid-card titles is supposed to be for those those dark horses, those you know, those grinders, those those guys who are going to be next in line, because that's how it used to be when I start, first started watching wrestling in the 90s. You know, if you were IC champ or U.S. champ, you were you were destined for the next level. And I feel like everybody and their mother has a shot at this title nowadays. And it's like, it's you shouldn't have former champions, heavyweight champions, <clears throat> going after this title unless they've gone through like a severe, like, slump. And like they've lost like tons of matches in a row and they, they need to climb out of the gutter and, and stuff like that. Like they need to be a good storyline for why they should be there because otherwise they shouldn't ever be going after this secondary title because that's for the new people, for the grinders, the ones that want to work their way up. But this match kind of had that feel to it. Now I know both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are former heavyweight champions. Sheamus obviously being the former U.S. champ, which is actually in this case worked because Sheamus had been, you know, downtrodden for a long time and then kind of got back into the swing of things. He obviously being like one of the MVPs of the Thunderdome era, got himself this title and has run with it. He's done such a great job. Drew obviously still trying to come off, you know, his, his WWE championship run. Can't challenge Lashley. So, honestly, I kind of expected this to be the next step, and it worked out. All three of these men, great chemistry. The match was great. Uh, there really wasn't any real down spots to this whole match. And the best thing about this, Damian Priest retains, and not only does he retain, he had a fantastic transition into the reckoning and pinned Drew McIntyre. It's pretty good. And then after that, there was a great display of sportsmanship between Drew McIntyre, Damian Priest, the big shake, uh, handshake at the in the at the end. It was great. Really appreciate. I always appreciate good sportsmanship. That's a hard fought match, and I love the fact that Drew essentially gave him the rub. Uh, because of this match. So, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. After that, we had a little interesting segment um, where they interviewed Goldberg um, earlier on in the day. And he says that he's got some ligament injury uh, issues and you know, he's going to be out for a while. But he says that when he comes back, it's no longer for, about the title. It's about taking Lashley's soul. So that tells me two things. A, Lashley's not going to be champion by the time Goldberg comes back. And B, this is probably going to happen in Mania. It's just my guess. Um, either way, could be interesting. Hopefully he'll be, Goldberg will be able to get healthy. 
and have a good match. Um, so we'll see. After that, we had the grudge match to end all grudge matches. As Eva Marie took on Dewdrop, Dewdrop getting herself a new theme and Titan Tron was something. <laughs> um, I'm going to need more, obviously, more time with it before I can fully give a, uh, you know, a, a true opinion on the theme song. But it was not really what I expected. But whatever, it, it you know, it is what it is. Her being Dewdrop still doesn't exactly fit well um, or sit well, I should say. I, I, I really prefer her, her Piper Niven name, but she wants to run with this or they want her to run with this. She's doing a great job. Funny thing is, this match never actually took took place. Dewdrop attacks Eva while her back is turned to her before the match even starts. Just dominates her, drops her, and Dewdrop herself does the count, the one, two, three, on Eva. <laughs> By the time the ref got her away, they couldn't, you know, Eva was like, no, I'm too injured. I can't go on. So the match never happened officially. But Dewdrop gets that next knock on Eva. So obviously this feud will continue. After that, we had what Corey Grave called the, I believe it was Corey, the modern day gladiator carrying cross. And I'm just like, oh, Christ. <laughs> this is where we started talking about the bad. Um, and, and I'm not even putting Dewdrop and Eva in that bad category because that actually kind of made sense the way that happened. With cross, it's crime. It truly is a crime what they're doing to him. Um, first, not having Scarlet with him, number one. Number two, putting him in that god-awful mask and those cross straps. Why? There's no need for it. Give the man back his smoke. Give the man back his, back his smoke show. And... Let him have his good entrance back. It'll have that mystique. It'll come back. But now it's just he's created wrestler number 12. Like it's, And it breaks my heart. It truly does. Because Karrion Cross, I've watched him in other promotions that he's been in. And he's been fantastic. And it's just like now... It's just, it's a little upsetting, honestly, as a fan standpoint. But, I don't know. They're trying to do something for marketing purposes, but it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm just a fat kid talking about wrestling. You know, they're the ones that make all the money. So, it is what it is. Um, after that, we had more women's action. As Nia Jax took on Charlotte. Well, you want to talk about ugly... This match, the definition of ugly. I don't know when exactly it happened. I, I must have missed it. I might have been tweeting at the moment. But at one point, Naya and Charlotte kind of got into a bit of a shoving match when it really didn't fit the moment within the match. Slapping across the face, 
a lot of trash talk, awkward sequences where, I don't know, somebody would go for a grab and the other person was just blocking them. And it was just, I don't know what exactly it happened. Uh, I noticed a few times that Naya had dropped Charlotte almost on her head. Um, Charlotte was also antagonizing Naya throughout the match. So I don't know if there's legitimate bad blood here, but they looked like they worked themselves into a shoot. <laughs> it was, uh, it was something, but the ending was nothing short of dominating. Uh, Charlotte tried to jump on Denaya's back. Naya uh, shifted and just dropped Charlotte hard on her back, like kind of like a one-handed powerbomb, kind of like what uh, Raquel Gonzalez does. But she just drops her, pins Charlotte, gets out of the ring, and just storms to the back. And I'm just like, well, somebody's about to get an earful. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Charlotte. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It was weird. It was awkward to watch. Um, so I don't know. I, I really I really can't blame one or the other. I mean, I can kind of blame, I'll blame them both because, you know, it takes two to tango here. And just, I don't know. It's a little unprofessional. Obviously, I understand. You know, people can get heated. I'm sure Charlotte didn't like getting dropped on the back of her head a lot. That's understandable. She obviously could have handled it a little bit better uh, and not antagonize Naya to make her even more upset. Whatever. There are ways that they could have figured this out to not make this match look as awkward as it felt. (laughs) But it is what it is. Um, Speaking of awkward, (laughs) we moved on to our next match. We were supposed to have Miz versus Morrison, but for some reason that was postponed, and Morrison decided, um, yeah, Morrison decided to be the bigger man and decided to challenge the biggest man on the roster, which was Moss. Well, with Morrison now being a face, you'd think that he should go over, but he didn't. Moss literally just destroyed him. Um, there were, unfortunately, some botches during this match as well with Morrison trying to do some parkour over the stairs, and he kind of missed, and Omas went for a clothesline, and Morrison just completely didn't duck. He just tripped over his own feet, and it just, yeah, it just looked weird, and I understand things like that happen. That's a mistake, but whatever. It just, I don't know. The whole match just didn't make any sense to me, um, but Omas got the win. We immediately jumped into our next match, which was Austin Creed taking or Xavier Woods taking on AJ Styles uh, rematch of last week. This match, though, put us right back on that good side of wrestling. We talked about the good, bad, the ugly. This brought it right back. These two have incredible, incredible chemistry with one another. Also, Xavier Woods, this man needs to wrestle singles matches a whole lot more often. Give this man his King of the Ring tournament. Give this man that crown and let him run with it. Also, conspicuous by his absence, Kofi Kingston. He's been MIA, baby. Don't know if he's injured. Don't know if he's just taking some time off. But Woods is doing just fine by himself. 
So that that gives me some hope that he'll have hopefully a mid card run at some point. The man deserves a singles title before he retires uh, to do his up up down down stuff full time um, and his G four stuff. Uh, but I I really appreciate him being as good as he is in the ring. Um, but of course, then you have someone with like, like AJ Styles. It just it elevates everybody's game. And AJ focused on Woods's leg throughout the entire match and actually got him to tap out. Woods so close to the ropes, dragging AJ pretty much three quarters of the way across the ring. Woods doing the, the, the one final reach for that rope. He's probably about six to 12 inches away from it. And then his hand falls down and he just starts tapping out. I'm just like, oh, so close. I love the storytelling. It was great. We need more of that, too. That's that's another thing. Like, some people, I feel like a lot of these wrestlers just kind of go through the motions to get the match done. There's not too many that tell a good story as they go along. Some of the top-tier talent do a great job, especially during pay-per-views. They really kind of pour it out there. But this match told a good story. I really appreciated it, and I kind of hope that there's more with this to, you know, to see what happens. Um, after that, we then went to our main event of the evening for those Raw Tag Team Championships. ZRK Bro defended against MVP and Bobby Lashley. However, AJ Styles and Omos decided to hang out at ringside to watch this match. Of course, being the former champs kind of makes some sense. At the end of the day, RK Bro retains as Riddle gets the pin over MVP. Omas and AJ both try to get involved during the match. Randy able to fight both of them off. And then Lashley gets in the ring after the match is over, tries to attack Riddle, and then eats an RKO. This is the interesting thing now. Randy hitting the RKO on Lashley. There's no title match set for Extreme Rules for Lashley right now. Is this the Vipers shot in? Who knows? Not going to lie, I wouldn't mind seeing that match, Randy Orton versus Lashley. Um, I know I give my buddy Sam over at Know the Ropes a lot of, a lot of grief over Randy Orton, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate this match at all. And honestly, and I know he's going to probably rag on me for this, I wouldn't hate Randy winning the title from him. I wouldn't. I think it'd be interesting. Uh, I would give Randy that next title. Uh, I believe that would make him a, I could be wrong here, a, I think a 14-time champion, maybe a 13. One of those two. I think he deserves it. Maybe a short run. Who knows? Could be interesting. You know, Extreme Rules is a month away, a little under. So we'll see what happens. Looking forward to it. Like I said, it was a good show tonight. I gave it a B minus myself. Um, a weird mirrored image from last, well, not mirrored, but a weird reflection of last last week's match. Ross started off really bad, ended off really well. This one was started off really hot, really got awkward in the middle and kind of bad and ugly, and then finished off real strong. So better in a way. We just need to clean up that middle part. That's the only thing. Um, but yeah, um, 
like I said, good show. Look forward to next week. Um, we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Obviously, we get that SmackDown study coming this Saturday. We also have a special all-out pre-show that we will be recording this week with hopefully both members of Back to the Ring. We're going to bring you back that that lovely action between all four of us. We'll give our picks for the pay-per-view on Sunday. It's going to be good times. So we look forward to all that. Guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter, at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All is Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere at Scott J Stream. And you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that's out there. If we're not on one that you guys listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way we can do, you can do all your one-stop shopping and get a little bedlam in your day from above the ring. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And always and most importantly, please don't forget to ship it and join the bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.